Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is your man, Daniel T. Adams of PerhapsToday.net, and I am so glad that you are back for another brand new Bible speed art podcast. This one is called To Do What Is Right, and it actually stemmed from a picture that we created for my son for his third birthday. So Christian Luke, if you're listening, my dude, I love you so much. I'm so proud of the little man you're growing up to be. And the best gift I can give you this year for your birthday is not a toy, not even a picture, but to just constantly point you back to the truth of God's word, because that is where we find hope, and that is where we have life over sin and death. So with that being said, we are calling this podcast To Do What Is Right. It's It comes from the heart. It stems from the book of Genesis. It's going to take you all the way to the New Testament, and it's got a lot of great information, and I hope and pray that it touches your heart just as it has mine. So with no further ado, let's roll it. And we're here. Let's take a look at our verses for today. We're going to start in the book of Genesis chapter 4. And we're looking at the section about Cain and Abel. They were the two sons born to Adam and Eve. And the part I want to get to is in verse 6. But just to kind of preface, you have Cain is the the older brother and he works the soil. Abel, who's the younger brother, he tends to the flocks. Now, at some point in time, they both bring an offering to the Lord. Cain brings some of the fruits of the of the land. Abel brings some of the fat portions uh, from the, the animals, and they offer uh, they bring an offering to the Lord. Now, the Lord looks with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So it says that Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. And this is where we're going to pick up reading. Uh, but here we go. Starting in verse 6, it says this, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? And before I continue reading, if you have not seen the previous video we just did, it was called The Why of Your Life, all about the question, why? So if you have not seen that one yet, I highly recommend because what that's talking about might help us understand a little bit better what the Lord is saying and asking of Cain. Why are you angry? And really that angry, that word anger in the Hebrew, it's a word where it's it's this heat and it's this, this raw, like blazing emotion. Uh, it's almost akin to like when when the fire is and the anger is first lit and ignited. It's the heat that comes off of it. And the best you know example I can think of is in the book of Daniel, chapter three, also in the Old Testament, uh, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego basically tell King Nebuchadnezzar, "We ain't worshiping your golden statue." He gets so enraged with them, he orders the furnace that he's going to throw them into to be to be heated up seven times hotter than usual. And that heat that's that's spilling over so hot that it actually kills the strong men who are trying to tie those men up and throw them in actually kills them so that's that heat that that this anger is talking about 
And then the Lord also asks, why is your face downcast? And it's funny, like if you have kids or seen kids that don't get their way, the face immediately goes down. Or if they've done something that they're not supposed to do, that's not right. The face immediately goes down. It's this countenance uh, where the face isn't lowered. It's no longer looking up. The brightness and the life and the joy and everything is kind of sucked out of it. And it's this downcast look. And he's asking them, why are you this way? And then he goes on to say, if you do what is right, which by the way, we're calling this picture to do what is right. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So as you'll see in this picture as it's unfolding, you have Christian who's going to be sitting up on top of this red wagon and he's riding it. And you have these two prehistoric T-Rex dinosaurs that are vicious, that are carnivorous, that are man-eaters. But instead of, uh, you know, eating young Christian, they're actually like, smaller than him and they're going to be uh, chained up like they're pets. They're going to have collars on and you're going to see this all unfold. And it's this idea that Christian has mastered them. And so the, the, the idea to this picture is that this is sin. It's constantly in your life. It's there. It's bombarding you day after day. Temptations are there. But what do you do? Are you going to be angry because things didn't go your way? Because if you really think about it, what got Cain so angry? I mean, he's simply at this point, the Lord is speaking with him. He could have just said, Lord, I clearly didn't bring the offering that is acceptable to you. Please forgive me. But there was no humbleness. There was anger. Why? Well, I believe that the answer to that can be found in the Hebrew word for angry. Part of the word means to contend with or to compete. So what happens is when we are living a life or doing things in life that are competing against the will of God and then we don't get the favor of God, we get angry. We expect that God's going to show favor upon us and elevate us and and lift us up as a child that pleases him when we're living contrary to his will. And that's not right. So that really bears the question, what does it mean to do what is right? And part of that word uh, in the Hebrew, yutab, is to do good, to do well. So if you want it to be said of you by the Lord, well done, you need to do what is well. And that's actually the translation used for that word in the NASB version. And as we've talked about uh, in, in the Fruit of the Spirit series that we did all on, the, on the one episode all about goodness, we talked about how that word good in the Bible always points to bringing all glory to the Father. So to do what is right is to do what is good is to do the will of the Father and the purpose that he has for your life. But see, Cain wasn't focused on that. Are we? So as we see these prehistoric animals, they are representing the sin that's constantly there waiting to devour us. Let's take a look at a great example in the Bible of how we know how to do what's right. And that's the example of Jesus and the temptation from the devil. And it comes in the uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. So if you notice... The Spirit is leading Jesus out into the desert. Jesus isn't saying, well, hey, I just finished my baptism with John the Baptist. You know, the heavens opened up. We hear the voice that says, you know, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. I think I'll go out into the desert now. This is Jesus being obedient to the Spirit of God. And again, if you have not yet 
seen the video series we did on the fruit of the spirit, I highly recommend the links will be in the description. Please check them out. But it's all about showing the characteristic of the spirit of God in your life to allow his character to become your character, his nature to become your nature. It's not an act that you do. It's that he changes you when you receive Christ as your Lord and you you make the Lord Jesus Christ the master of your life. You are then given the spirit of God and a new nature to be able to master the sin that's crouching at your door. Because you are constantly focused on, I want to do the will of God. Now, that doesn't mean we're perfect, but that does mean our focus is no longer downcast because we've done wrong, we've messed up, we've made a mistake. We will turn our eyes to the heavens because that is where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord. So as we see, Jesus being led by the Spirit, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Ah, feed the physical. You know, we spend so much time feeding the physical. How much time do we spend feeding the spiritual? Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, as Ephesians tells us. I mean, that's why we're doing the Armor of God series. We've already done the belt of truth. We're moving into the breastplate of righteousness very, very soon. And we're seeing that our battle is not a physical one. So why do we think, let me strengthen the physical and then I'll be okay? He says what? It is written in verse 4, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. How important is the word of God to you? Jesus answers all three times and all three temptations. It is written, it is written, it is written. Do we even know what is written? And I'm not talking about just one small little verse because that's what the church world does. We pick and choose just one verse. We all just create, create, create. We're not the creator. We are to Make the Lord the master, and we are to master the sin as it approaches, just as young Christian does in this picture. Matter of fact, the second temptation that comes from the devil when he takes him to the holy city and has him stand on the highest point of the temple, it says in verse 6 of Matthew 4, If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Oh, and then the devil says something very interesting. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. See what he does? Well, it's interesting because the word devil, if you notice, the word Satan hasn't been used yet. It's always the devil, the devil, or the tempter. And the word devil being used here in the Greek is the word diabolos, which which it, it really is an adjective. It's a description, but when used as a noun, it becomes devil. Uh, but it means devilish or malicious or slanderous. He loves to bring up your past. He loves to just remind you of the, the dirt of your past and rub your face in it. But that word diabolos really can be broken up into dia, meaning through or by means of, and also a word bango, meaning to throw. So why is that important? Because that word throw is interestingly enough part of the temptation he uses. If you are the son of God, he said, throw Bango yourself down. And that word down at the root is a preposition of contrary to or against in the genitive sense. And so why is that important? Because he's essentially saying, Jesus, cast yourself down against the will of God. And you know who that sounds like? Lucifer, when he was cast down because he was contrary to the will of God. 
And the only power he has, please do not listen to the lies of the world. Satan has no power over you other than what you give him by validating his lies, by validating the lies of this world, by validating that which is not truth, yet calling it truth, by validating, oh, well, I can take my gender and change it a billion times and that's okay. Or I can, you know, have this kind of relationship and I can say that these two people can be together and that's love because God is love and God loves everyone. So therefore it's okay. It's a lie. Just as all the other lies are out there, if it is contrary to any part of the scripture, to the word of God, it's a lie. And if you validate it, you empower Satan. But he has no power over you. He can't make you live a life contrary to the will of God. He tells you to do it yourself, to cast yourself down. Don't do it. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place. You see why we're going to be going through the Armor of God series? Because that's the armor we're going to put on to stand firm against the lies of the enemy. And again, even though he's trying to twist scripture, just like the world is doing today, Jesus answered in verse 7, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Finally, again, in verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, as if it's his to give. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And now Jesus says, away from me, Satan, you hostile opponent, which is what the word means in the Greek. Away from me, you are an opponent, you are an opposition against me trying to get me to go against the will of my father and I am here to do the will of my father. Get away from me for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan does not want you to be a true worshiper because that's the kind of worshiper that the father requires and he's telling you to worship anything else. And when we live downcast like Cain does and when we live in that which is not right and call it that it is right, and want to hold on to the the bitterness and want to hold on to competing with other people rather than just looking to the Lord and saying, what is your purpose for me? And give me the strength to do that. When we want to live in contrariness to that and our face is downcast, it literally means to fall or to fail. We fail the temptation and he can have his way with us. Stand firm. I hope today... As you think about this, as you think about your life and how this can apply to you, I hope that you make the choice to look to the Lord and not with your face turned down, but that you would turn your face to his presence, that you would bask and bathe in his goodness. Humble yourself, repent, turn to God, turn away from the sin, master it, and you can only master it through the spirit of God. You know, give you one last illustration in the book of Genesis, chapter one, and we go all the way back to the beginning. In the fourth day of creation, God says, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky. To do what? Well, it says right here in verse 10, to separate the day from the night. There's to be a complete distinction, a complete opposition to them. Do not mix them. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you cannot mix the day with the night. You cannot say that God is love and that, you know, homosexuality love is the same as God's. It's not. It's godly love and then there's man's way of doing it. Only one is truth. Only one is right. God's word is infallible. I will cling to his word 
what will you cling to today? Because there's a lot of stuff coming after our kids. There's a lot of nonsense that's coming in to fill their minds and fill their eyes and fill their thoughts with things that are contrary to the word of God and ultimately leading them to try to get them to cast themselves down in opposition to the word of God and to who Christ Jesus really is. So today, on my son's third birthday, Christian, I love you, my dude. I pray that when you're old enough to understand these words, that you will cling to them, that you will hold to them, and you will allow the Spirit of God to teach you how to apply these words to your life. And I pray that for all of you listening to this today. Thank you so much for being here. As always, my name is Daniel T. Adams, and it is my honor to take you through this journey. Uh, If you are in need of prayer, please reach out to us at our website at perhapstoday.net and let us know how we can better serve you in prayer. Or maybe there's somebody you know who can benefit from this lesson today. Please share it with them through email, through social media, post it wherever you think it can be beneficial because we are meant to share this. It's not about, you know, getting likes or subscriptions. It's just about getting the truth of God's word into the hearts of those who need to hear it. And we will share it because we are the church. Thank you so much. God bless.